Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema. Desperately seeking cinema. I get it. But I like Pearl Jam. Like, I have a special spot for them because I was really into them and I saw them, blah, blah, blah. You saw them? In Seattle in 1999. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. And Red Hot Chili Peppers opened. And the du- And the dumbest thing about the show was that Eddie Vedder's announced to the crowd that this was the last Pearl Jam show. It was the last show of the tour and it was in their hometown Seattle. And so he announced to the crowd that this was the last ever Pearl Jam show. And obviously everybody lost their shit. And then obviously about four or five years later, they were like, we got a new record and a tour (laughs) or whatever, you know, the cliche. Yeah. Um, So it was a fun night though, because people went goddamn nuts because Eddie better said it was the last Pearl Jam show. But again, my point was, I get (laughs) why. tactic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Great tour tactic. I think LCD Sound System did the same thing. Yeah, I think um, Smashing Pumpkins did that in Halifax. What, they said it was the last Pumpkins show at a, yeah. at a Halifax show? Pumpkins and everyone smashed. shat their pants, and then two yeah. years later, they were like, here's another <laughs> average record. Yeah, Billy Corgan just came out. Um, but I get why Kerbone, uh, Cobain, Kerbone. <laughs> I get why Kurt Kerbone. <laughs> uh didn't like uh your porn name <laughs> you know i you know why i bet why he didn't like them yeah to an extent is because i think people were constantly trying to compare them to them because it was like 10 came out around the same time as uh as Nevermind, and they're both from Seattle, so probably constantly people are like, uh, what do you think about yourself in relation to Pearl Jam? And he probably was finally just like, I don't fucking like them. Like, they're not punk enough for me or whatever. Stop talking to me about fucking, like, about, what's that? I think Kurt would willingly say that about a lot of bands. Yeah, but he's that's fine if that's his opinion. He you know, definitely like, was like his the opinion. the Melvins. And everyone was like, who? Yeah, no, but he knew what he liked. I th- I don't think he was bullshitting. Like, I think if he said he didn't like Pearl Jam. He didn't like Pearl Jam. Yeah. Fair enough. It's kind of like it's a little bit radio rock, probably yeah, for I his think, tastes. Um, you know, like people, people associated um, grunge probably with like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam when it probably should have been like the yeah. Melvins and Mudhoney and, and, and people Nirvana, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that's a good point. And it's because people love to just pigeonhole stuff and. And then they're just even being from the same city, they're like the grunge movement, you know, just it just takes a journalist to call it the mumblecore movement or, mm-hmm. or the grunge movement. And then there you go. All of a sudden, this group of stuff. We were talking about something on our first episode that was like we touched on a quote unquote movement, the French extremity one from the late 90s and early 2000s, where there's like a guy from TIFF actually coined the term in an essay new french extremity and it just took and now there's like a wikipedia and a bunch of films that are associated with the movement and sometimes it just takes one person to to uh you know come up with a a buzzword or their idea and it just sort of takes off you know um yeah well uh, i guess that kind of ties into what we were talking about on the other episode about maybe watching johnny guitar uh, uh, which why? was a highly regarded film by another French wave of uh, film. But uh, I thought Johnny Guitar is directed by Nicholas Ray. Is he not American? He is American, uh-huh. just like grunge. <laughs> I'm trying to tie everything together. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, 
It was like one of these films that uh, Godard and uh, Truffaut, Truffaut especially, uh, okay. held in Romer. They uh, held in like really high esteem, like one of the few Americans that they... Uh, so French New Wave directors really liked this specific Nicholas Ray movie, yeah, Johnny Guitar. Um, yeah, apparently it didn't take off in America. It wasn't, uh, didn't really get the old positive review from too many people in America, but... Um, well, I don't know anything about it other than it's Nicholas Ray, who I don't know a lot about except for the fact that he uh, directed Rebel Without a Cause. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, surely his probably big claim to fame. I, I, but I don't know much about him, and I I don't know anything about uh, guitar... Johnny Guitar, right? <laughs> guitar Johnny. Guitar yeah. Johnny. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was just sort of reading a tiny little bit about it but um mm-hmm. all i knew like basically last week was that the uh french new wave guys were just like into it yeah very well much. i'm i'm sure that rebel without a cause probably holds up as a good movie outside of the having a legendary performance cause, many years ago when i was younger yeah, the james dean i mean you, you can definitely feel that thing where james so. dean can care like he's got a lot of charisma you know, or whatever. Yeah, I guess he changed acting to some extent. Him I and, guess. Um, Him and Brando, I guess. Brando, yeah. yeah. I guess so they just made it more expressive. Then actors got more and more pretentious. Yeah. From there. Um, <laughs> Until it, kind you of got method acting in the note, 90s or whatever. I guess um, one of the reasons that the, the French directors enjoyed Johnny Guitar is that it has a little bit of a auteur aspect. Okay. A little bit more than sort of the... Uh, uh, maybe he was like successful enough as a director. They kind of let him do his thing or something like that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I've heard of it um, being described as like uh, anti-Western, like feminist Western, like sort of like presents itself as a traditional Western. Oh, like upon it's a jo- Joan Crawford is in it. Yeah. That's and, about uh, the only other thing I know. Oh, and um, what's his name? Who's the lead guy in it? He's from... Uh, name is escape there's an h in the name i know oh i just hayden or yeah hayden um uh god i don't know why i'm blanking on him but he's in some some big stuff other than this movie um yeah why don't we google so what is what is this about is it about a rock and roller a holy Um, roller I don't is Joan so. Crawford a, a rock and roll? Oh, it's a Western. You said that. It's a yeah, Western it's, thing, right? It's a Western. Yeah, no, I think it predates rock and roll by a little bit. Oh, 53. No, that's the the, the book. So what it year was, is the movie? Uh, apparently 54. selected for preservation by the National Film Registry oh. as culturally, historically. Sterling Hayden. Could you just quickly click on Sterling Hayden for Sterling me? It's Hayden. just going to drive me crazy. Yeah, he's, he's in uh, uh, Dr. Strange Love. That's that's what it is that I'm thinking. Okay. And the killing. He he was he was in uh, a bunch of uh, Kubrick stuff, and he was in like big oh, yeah. movies. McCluskey, yeah, uh, from The Godfather. I remember. Yeah, yeah, He's, yeah. He gets shot in the neck or something like that by yeah. Pacino. That sounds about right. Yeah, I was like, where have I seen this face? Uh huh. But um, he. This is a great movie, The Long Goodbye by Robert Altman. Have you ever seen that? Mm. Elliot Gould. It's a very cool movie. If you haven't seen that, it's really good. So, okay, so we're about to watch a Western, but as you had just mentioned, it's kind of like an early supposed feminist Western, do you Yeah, I guess Joan Crawford at this point, she'd uh, been through, you know, the ringer, so to speak, and a bunch of the, like, Catherine Hepburn and uh, Fred Astaire, like, they were, like, thought of as box office poison, 
And uh, <laughs> this is like 10, 20 years after that point. Okay. So, um, yeah. And people were saying like, she should stick to city lights instead of being in a Western backdrop, you know, oh, wow. stuff like this. So, and who did you say had become box office poison? Um, like her and her contemporaries, like, uh, yeah. Betty Davis and why they had just their careers had sort of, some had thought their careers had played out or I don't know if they just sort of all came of age at the same time or like over the hill at the same time. Oh, okay. Or yeah. Yeah. Just Hollywood was done with them, but it sounded like, I don't know. I was reading like Joan Crawford was ageism. Isn't new in Hollywood. No, apparently not. <laughs> uh, but, uh, they said she was one of the big flappos. But uh, <laughs> of the time, which I had to look up, apparently girls that just had a bob in their hair and it was like the hippies of the era. Uh, okay. You know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, did you say flapper? Yeah, I said flapper. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a 20s thing, though. Yeah. No, that's that's when she was around. Like first. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I see like what you're saying. Yeah. When she was then, really um, hot. It was yeah. like flapper era. <laughs> yeah. She oh, was like, wow. she was OG flapper. hundred damn years ago. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. And, um, yeah, no. OG OG Flapper. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then she, uh, yeah, she was like the biggest thing in 1937. She won like, it was like Times Person of the Year or something to that effect. Or like Biggest Actress of the Year. Whoa. And then like 1938, she like couldn't get a, a role. Huh. The chain, the turnovers are that quick, like uh, her and a bunch of other people. I would assume that even the top actress in 1933 was making about one eighth of what the male <laughs> lead was probably. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were gonna say like one dollar eighty, but yeah, well, it was probably probably not quite that bad. But I'm sure it was like, I mean, when they're still probably buy a lot. Like it was like last year in the states that they people figured out that on that television show the queen or whatever it was called i haven't seen it but did you hear about this one no like last year there's there was a show on one of you know amazon or netflix or something called the queen and uh everyone figured out that like there's two lead actors like she was top billed on the like advertising and she was the queen herself and everyone figured out that the uh, the male lead was getting like way more money than her and they were equally billed this is like 2018 (laughs) Uh, uh (laughs) yeah so the network obviously had to like make amends and scramble yeah yeah but that's bizarre to me i would have thought that would have been done a while ago. <laughs> Is he the king? Because that would be like a I really so. great Yikes. argument for like the patriarchy. You know how they say that's like a word. He's the king yeah. in a meeting with her and her people. <laughs> Did you not see that he's the king? Yeah. Yeah. It's like he's, Jesus. he's sim- not only symbolically the patriot. He's literally <laughs> the king and she's the subordinate queen. The producers like don't know where the line is drawn between uh, reality and yeah, fiction. It's like we've filmed in the Commonwealth. It's their actual argument. <laughs> um, yeah, but I would assume uh, that there's always been a lot of ageism as we were talking about. So, yeah. So we're about to see what a middle-aged Joan Crawford. Is that what we're going to watch here? Yeah. Uh, 1954. So 31 years old, middle-aged. Middle-aged 20th century. <laughs> yes, right. But uh, yeah, um, Johnny Guitar. Are we gonna, should we just watch it? Is that enough time? I think so. Oh, well, I got to say one more thing. Um, we should, I think that I like your idea for a title for this show, which we hadn't locked down yet. And I think, what do you think about your idea that you suggested the other day of desperately <laughs> seeking cinema? What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I like it. I'm I think that's the title of this show then. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. And it's good to be announced on like, uh, this feminist Western oh, episode. Oh, look we'll at be, us. 
yeah, it's like we'll be posing like a couple of Madonnas. Yeah. And I guess it was an Arquette that was in that with her. Yeah. With, in Desperately Seeking Susan. Yeah, I know it wasn't two actual Madonnas, but uh, <laughs> yeah. no, They had the technology. They had just come up with it. Madonna and Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Um, and last time. Just was bad it last split time? screen. <laughs> the whole time. Was, was it last time or the time before that? I guess it doesn't really matter, but we forgot to um, say who we were. Well, I was thinking we could do that, too. I was just going to, when we wrapped up, I was going to say that I'm Jimmy Barnes. And yeah, and the best. And that you're Andy Rankin. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And if you're new to the show, the uh, basic format is like, we just talk about what we know about the movie we're going to watch or how little we know. And then we press pause and then watch it. And hopefully you guys watch it, too. And then we all come back and uh, discuss Right. What the hell we just saw? And if people have seen it, which the odd, you know, kind of deep movie nerd will probably have seen some of these movies, they could just keep listening. Right? You don't have to pause. Or you can just like (laughs) watch it at like 10 times speed as fast. Just But the idea is. Yeah. But the idea is that we are going to both, as we did on the first two episodes, we're going to come right back onto Mike after having watched it together and. Uh, the, uh, the more general idea of going into all of the viewings with us not really actually knowing a great deal about any of it. In fact, we decide usually what movie you're going to watch in this sort of first bit of the Yeah, I show. haven't seen a single frame. I just have read like yeah. a couple things today when I was like, like I, I, I couldn't not read things when I punched this movie in Google. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, yeah. And I, show, and I, I mean, I think I've showed up to uh, record all three times so far not knowing no, I show up not even having an idea what movie we're going to do, and we just start talking, and we figure it out. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. And then watch it. I'm, like, genuinely intrigued to see this film. I am, too, and hopefully it's a bit lighter than our first two episodes. What in <laughs> God's name? It was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, we oh, stumbled so upon heavy. Um, yeah, two very, like, Kugetsu somber. and... Ali Fear Eats the Soul oh, by Fassbender. Yeah, those were... I love saying Fassbender, if I'm being honest. Not, yeah, it's a good name. But yeah, neither of those were too, uh, they weren't too light. No, but uh, definitely worth watching. Yeah. I'd say. All right. Well, I guess, should we watch uh, Johnny Guitar? Johnny Guitar. Johnny Guitar. I want to say it like the French New Wave guys, even though uh, no one's going to be French in the movie. No. No. Johnny Guitar. Just because oh. a French person saw it, you want to do a French accent. I guess the only other thing I know about this movie is I, I actually saw a Godard film called La Chinoisie or something like uh-huh. this. Yeah. The Chinese. And um, one of the guys got kicked out of their clique for like saying this movie was good. That was... In the film? In the film, yeah. Huh. It was like a major plot point. Which is a joke, obviously. I, I or think did it was he... making fun of sort of the naive youth and they're like they're willing to commit like terrorist acts and stuff uh-huh. like this. They're planning bombings and stuff, but, um, yeah, I see. Yeah. If you didn't like the, or if you like this movie, it's now just to like, clarify though, Godard himself would have liked this movie. Would he not have? Yeah. I but think so. within his movie, which movie did you say it was? La Chinoisie. Within that film, he had a character kick another character out of a gang or whatever for liking this movie. Yeah. Well, that's, kind of like a joke of sorts like an inside joke probably for other french new wave guys that like really liked his movies probably. yeah i mean of all the films he could have picked he picked that yeah one. yeah yeah oh, interesting that is an interesting tidbit nerdy but very interesting all right well we'll see what that if we can figure out what that's about yep
But all right, uh, all right uh, Johnny Guitar. <laughs> Johnny guitar. It was really good. It was really entertaining. I feel like it was yeah, a it super. was a solid enough contrast to our other two films we watched. Yeah, I but, think that it um, still dealt with some uh, some heavy themes, but it was lighter. It was lighter. Overall. The the dialogue was very punchy. It was basically oh, the was definition great. of punchy dialogue. It was I great. I thought. Yeah, I bet it was. D- did you think it worked, or did you think it was cheesy? No, I thought it worked. I mean, yeah, me it too. Definitely. Yeah. No, it was like. I could see where like some John Wayne films or something like this would be mm-hmm. a little bit more um, cheesy or corny or whatever. But like the no, it was like just the right amount. I found. I thought it was for uh, 1954. I thought it was a very good western, like very well shot, very entertaining. Like you could just slightly tweak that and remake it today, and that would like be a very cool movie to see still if you just updated it yeah in minimal sets you could almost do it as a play yeah that's true that's uh that that's one scene the movie is about an hour and 45 or an hour and 40 yeah and that whole first scene is about 30 minutes it takes place in in the bar viennas yeah viennas and i had commented on how that's kind of um hateful eight-ish or um What's that Eugene O'Neill play? The Iceman Cometh? Is that what it's called? There's like these certain things. Yeah, I, did, I have no idea what that's about. It, it's There's a lot of scenes in a bar. Uh, and uh, it's... Oh, is that is that sort of what make? I mean, not that there's one thing that makes it notable, but like for the like minimalist sets and stuff like well, that? Well, I'm just sort of comparing Johnny Guitar to this bar scene that takes up a third of the film. Reminded me of Iceman Cometh and Hateful Eight and other... Uh, there's probably tons of plays, obviously. Plays more so than movies. But like you said, it lends to theater, I guess, a little mm-hmm. bit more to have a 30-minute scene. But uh, I just thought it was interesting. It was cool. It was a very long, dramatic... Uh, there's a lot going on in that half hour. Yeah, scene and I at feel Vienna's. like um, I feel like with a lot of the better films that we're watching, it's like uh, like by the end of it, you feel like you know the setting itself really well. Like you mm-hmm. could basically lay out like a blueprint of Vienna's, and you know, mm-hmm. like the same way. You, in uh, Ali, you feel like you know the apartment building, you know, sure. that she lives in and stuff like but, that. But I mean, I think that inherently, if you're going to do a, a half an hour opening scene or one of one of the opening scenes is th- essentially 30 minutes in there uh, in the bar. But man, I really thought it was entertaining. And then I have to just talk about the Joan Crawford thing. I just can't help waiting to talk about it because she's just. <sighs> stunning Uh, and then as we're watching it we figure out she was 50 in this movie yeah and she looked the best looking 50 year old i have to say that might be the standard for me now in terms of a 50 year old male or female if anybody thinks they're doing like (laughs) detoxes or like some sort of mask that is like improving how people look nowadays this is the older people it's like nah she had it whatever she was doing this is the barometer for that yeah probably had one of those 50s belts that just was like a sander around her stomach (laughs) the 50s sander belt belt workout system or whatever sander waist reducer (laughs) 
but uh, oh, that's yeah, good. she looked great. Um, oh, she was, and sh- her performance was great. The woman Super opposite good. her, uh, Mercedes McCambridge, her performance was al- almost stole the show. Now you only know her name because you looked her up during. Yeah, right? no, I don't. But she was yeah. absolutely goddamn incredible, and you had also mentioned that she oddly ended up being the voice of the uh, the demon and the exorcist eventually. Yeah, so Bizarre. apparently she had a uh, long, strange, long career as a uh, yeah. a voice actress. Well, before you told me that or looked it up, I had said something about oh man, her voice really projects. And yeah, you were mentioning something. Also, about her voice. she's just insane. Her performance is she's like shaking with anger the whole yeah. time. Actually, though. Yeah. Like she's out of her damn mind. Yeah. The uh, so entertaining. What was her Emma? Was that her character's name? I think um, so. Yeah. Yeah. She was just like, oh my God. Yeah. It was her. It was very compelling to watch yeah. her that character. Her like, that, I remember when she came like out of the violently fire. angry the whole time. Yeah. When she came out of the fire, her hair was like puffed up and stuff like that, <laughs> like frizz, and she just looked like, like demonic like, yeah, or something like that. She looked demonic the whole time. Yeah. In but, a very hot way. <laughs> You think so? Oh, she was hot. She just attracted to everybody. In the uh, all the women, yeah. All right. <laughs> all the I lead women. Clarify. <laughs> the um, two women. That were oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it was one of those. No wonder there's like, you know, love triangles. There's only like two wow, women in every small town. town. In yeah. The, yeah. In the old yeah. West. Yeah. yeah. Every town in the old West was no crazy love shot. Right? Yeah, exactly. 100%. I get 100% think we're on to something. Yeah. That is why all men just drank whiskey all day and then shot each other. Yeah. There was very little <laughs> guitar as well. But uh, no, I thought there was enough guitar. I mean, uh, oh, yeah, an adequate amount. But um, if somebody thought it was about like a soul singer, you know, you might want to look elsewhere. Why would it be about a soul singer? I don't know, Johnny Guitar. Oh yeah. Could well, I like, thought a rock and roller. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Something like no, that. it's a gr- it's a great western. Like Chuck Berry. No. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely. Uh, yeah, it wasn't wasn't your typical western though. Like I kind kind of see no. what they were saying. Like in terms of what the French you had mentioned, the French New Wave directors being interested. Yeah, it in was it. just it was just sort of a film that was set in the West. Like it wasn't so much like. Well, was the clear cut, like uh, John Wayne type character. I have to say, like, I kind Roy of. Rogers, you know I don't I mean? know about that. Are you sure about that? It's a, it felt to me like it was like it quintessential Western tropes playing out. Well, the whole I time. don't know. Well, Johnny Johnny Guitar Johnny Logan, as we find out his yep. name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he didn't. He doesn't like appear for like a ha- the last half hour of the not last half hour, but like uh, a, he's like still a the hero. Chunk. He's cutting ropes and yeah, but that, that's when saving. he reappears, right? He when he cuts the rope. Yeah, but he shows up in town and he's playing the guitar and shooting people and fucking you know what? what did he fuck her? Uh, he, he, who? Oh, mm, the Joan Crawford. It's all character? implied back in yeah, 1954. Yeah. But he shows up and yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Two separate beds. Yeah, that's not one. bedtime, Johnny. <laughs> Yeah. Your room and bed is over there. Yeah, there was there was some a uh, little bit of flirtation and stuff that was pretty. Uh huh. But he okay. I just let's we we were talking about you thought there uh, that it was some kind of really unorthodox western, but I thought it was a very conventional western. If I had to, yeah, no, I thought um, like the shootout was between the women in the end. You know, like partly. Partly, yeah. I think, you know? Yeah, I mean, you usually don't see so much screen time with a woman uh, in a Western. I mean, Joan Crawford is the top-billed k- 
character. She's definitely the top you know? person, but yeah, it was just but like... It, it was a good mix, though. I mean, that's realistically what it'd be like. And, well, not all the time, but if there was... The, the two female characters were so strong and so intertwined. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it was a good story. I, like, I think it... I don't think anybody consciously went like, you know what we need? Two strong female leads. Like, I think it's more yeah. just you could feel that the story held together and that's what it meant. But it was a great platform for the the actors that they chose. I mean, Crawford and is it McCambridge? Yeah. And, um, right. They Cam- did McCambridge. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they would be the top two on the call sheet, top three or four. Like they're like main. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, yeah. There was also that weird sexual tension with like the kid and Emma He's saying like she he makes her feel like a woman and uh Well again, there's two she, women in town, so Yeah. <laughs> no, but she's like trying to suppress her sexuality or something like this. Whereas uh-huh. the other character, um Vienna is like playing not necessarily. The turkey it kid, up. you mean? No, no. <laughs> no, like uh Emma. She's like um uh-huh. She's she's, saying, she's repressing her sexuality. Yeah, like how her feelings towards hundred percent the, uh, the dancing yeah. kid. But I think that's what makes her so evil was her like repressive yeah nature. And, and so they're you know. sort of suggesting the woman perhaps that Vienna's character, Joan Crawford's character, was was like um, more liberated. Yeah, and and that threatened the, the good uh, character and. Yeah, which threatened the McCambridge character and all, and, and uh, yeah. so she kind of really wanted her dead. Apparent, I, th- I think I read something about McCarthyism being tied in. I don't know. I think maybe we're just like I'm so distant from that train of thought that it, it doesn't seem like. Well, how would McCarthyism have played into the to this one? Um, like I think it's like. Do you have witch a hunt. hypothesis? I think it's the witch hunt with a like no trial sort yeah. of like blacklist kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like you associate with these people, so we assume you've done the worst yeah. of things, and mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. um, and you could you could feel that with uh, the the Joan Crawford character was was on trial the whole time for, and she'd never had she, she had never done anything wrong, and she was just on trial the whole movie, which is interesting. Not literally on trial. That would have been good. <laughs> no, but you know, no, not literally. But she was. It yeah. was a. It was a. I will say I would even use the word feminist. I think it was a very feminist character. She, what is that line she says at one point? She says, "A man uh, can lie, cheat, steal, kill, but as long as he hang on, uh, hangs on to his pride, he's a man." And then she says about her herself, "A woman just slips up once, and now she's the town trap." Yeah, that that was Ugh. like we were both like, "Whoa!" Roll <laughs> chairs back. Roll chairs back. Yeah, just like. I, <laughs> I fall backwards. Yeah, it's like a bazooka of a Could you pause it? I'm bleeding. I fell off the chair. Um, Yeah, no, it was... (laughs) Yeah, no. cough up a lung. It was intense, though. It was intense. Yeah, no. uh, Yeah, no, there are some amazing lines in this movie. Just like a lot of the exchanges with Joan Crawford's character. Like, I felt like if you're getting handed this script Mm. as an actor or actress Mm -hmm. in 1954, Mm -hmm. you'd be like... Amazing, like which I'll take any of these characters, you know. Yeah, very solid script. And uh, uh, as we, th- one of the only things I knew about it before is that I had seen right before we started it, based on a book from 1953. Looks like Roy, Chance, Roy Chancellor wrote it. It says here, and then someone else adapted it, and then Nicholas Ray directed Chan's it. Chance lore. 
<laughs> you spell him. That's the strangest name or spelling of Chancellor. 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 Uh, look that up. Um, but um, yeah, solid. Yeah, the writing was amazing. The, the, yeah, it was shot very well. I clearly, clearly, there's more to Nicholas Ray than I knew. Again, I had probably seen Rebel Without a Cause in my teens. Yeah. And then that was about all I I knew, and I hadn't I wasn't even aware of this movie until you told me about it. And he's good. I I kind of want to rewatch Rebel Without a Cause now. Yeah, no, I'd definitely um, be more intrigued to see more of his films. But mm. uh, yeah, there was a there was a couple of cool shots. Your f- favorite shots? Um, I I I really like this the cinematography with uh, the exterior shots when, when, with the the landscape stuff the worst thing was like the the rolling backdrop when they were driving it's like the only distracting shot i thought yeah was the pro- screen projection when they were riding in the in the uh yeah those are the only that's the only thing that didn't really hold up and no that's, that's typical of like a lot of films another that. shot that i really liked in a scene that i really liked is um i thought it was an amazing shot when the mercedes mccambridge character what what is that of a goddamn what is Emma. that Emma Emma yeah. when she is leading the posse up mm. to the um the bar there to the Vienna mm-hmm. and uh Joan Crawford's character is already in there playing the piano and there's that tight shot on the doors and on the Emma character and the doors open mm-hmm. to reveal in this really qu- kind of quick zoom i don't know if it was a zoom or a very fast tracking shot comes in on her playing the piano and the sound of the piano fills mm-hmm. in and very interesting i thought in the whole movie it was really interesting the way that nicholas ray played with um enclosed spaces and tension yeah. like it was like a lot of people up in each other's face and that especially in that in the earlier scene the half hour scene in the vienna everyone was right up in each other's face and he's playing guitar in his face and he's waving a gun in his face and this guy's about to punch this guy and then yeah, I like now that, nose um, to nose and it was like tense, you know. Yeah, it was almost a comment on the small town like village thing oh, yeah. where it's like you, oh, yeah. you're, yeah, pr- yeah, yeah. you're going to run into each other at some rate anyway. So <laughs> it's like you might as well get, All the time. get it out of the way, you know. Yeah, it felt like uh, the way that the get men... Tired, man. The men, it felt like the strong female characters were... I mean, if there was any level of historical accuracy to what it would have been to to own a, a bar <laughs> where the railroad was about to pop up in late 19th century or mid 19th century, I think the female characters or the strong female characters are a reaction to just the way the men are asserting themselves the whole time. It's like, yeah. you better assert yourself. Like, are you... a are you a quiet guy or are you a quick draw or are you angry or loud or yeah, drunk you, or not? Or like everyone needs to know like what your deal is. Yeah. And all the men are just like, it's like watching like frat sharks. boys, yeah. sharks, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, you get the sense if a woman was even remotely timid, then they would just like grab her around the waist and yeah. just be like, you're my wife now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy this kiss here, sweetheart. Was now, like, that ah. now that we're married. Yeah. Well, we're getting married later tonight. <laughs> yeah. I have a whole dollar. We'll... Which does lend to, we are talking, we are talking about a movie from the fifties, which does also lend to the fact that probably some of the actors in this movie start at some point in a movie where the poster was just a man with a woman over his shoulder. Because he decided they were going to be together. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of the bent waist. I'm just going to fold you over. Like, 
you know in this movie in Make johnny a, guitar well just in the 50s you know oh yeah like every yeah. all the um like kissing <laughs> make out all that is just like the guy is like got the girl at a 45 degree angle and her vertebrae is just like <laughs> cracking snap, and snapping. Yeah. They're like, I think we should invent chiropractor <laughs> right based now. on how these women are being manhandled yeah. literally. <laughs> but, um, um, but I really like that movie overall. It was like you say, very entertaining. I would guess that somebody like a Quentin Tarantino probably has a thing or two to say about this movie. Cause it was like, mm-hmm. It felt like something he has probably chimed in on, and I would assume a lot of people have. Obviously, it's probably. I bet Scorsese says he does because I think it's got the. I think it's a Criterion one. Oh, is it? Yeah, but um, mm. uh, I just think it's probably more influential than I knew. Like having yeah. seen it now, and I'm surprised I hadn't heard more about it. Uh, uh, because it was very entertaining and very tight well, and very well written. Yeah, Funny. I mean, the lines were amazing. Like, yeah. All the disses and the comedy of it was great, I thought. Yeah, know? I thought there was just like, a lot of lines when um, like the Mer- Mercedes McCambridge character had where uh-huh. she's just like so cold. She's just like, I'm going to kill you. Oh, that was You're a like, great Whoa. line. You that, thought it was, she yeah. was going to beat around the bush like, a oh, Yeah, more? it's like the two female leads for the first time are, are in proximity of each other and the first line is that the, the 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 mercedes character looks at her and says i'm gonna kill you and yeah. you go oh gee it was so entertaining in yeah. that in that and they're just calling each other tramps and stuff <laughs> like this You're like wow, railroad this tramp would go yeah railroad tramp <laughs> Classic. Classic. Yeah. Classic burn. Yeah. Railroad tramp. That was, a, that was a big one. Literally a classic burn. His yeah. railroad yeah. tramp. 1800s. That was the, <laughs> that was as high on the insult list as you could go. Oh, sure. Um, yeah. I guess, uh, yeah. So at the, at the very end of the film, we hear this uh, song come in that's like, it's the only... Oh, I actually, the Peggy I, Lee song. I learned a new word. I learned a new I word. I shouldn't have did that a southern accent. I learned a new word. <laughs> the, no, the Peggy Lee song at the, the end. The one person that wasn't. Yeah, but no. Uh-huh. Um, I was gonna say. Um, so all the sound in the film was mm. diegetic, which yeah. apparently means yeah. it occurred naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they, they had so the wind like, in the background and all the a lot of those scenes where you know it was very smartly edited sound sound wise. It was mm-hmm. like. They insinuate there's a storm outside, and so then when you get inside, if you're paying attention, you notice you're hearing the wind the entire time, and Mm -hmm. I bet you virtually everything else coming out around that time would be like, you're just not going to hear that wind in the background. There were technically things that were excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry to interject, though. No, I was just going to say, um, yeah, well, Johnny... Johnny Guitar didn't like, you know, his guitar playing didn't like carry through multiple scenes. And, uh, yeah, her playing piano, it, you know, she was playing piano within the narrative, right? She oh, like, that's a just... good point. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, 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 so yeah. It was like... that was an amazing scene when she's playing the piano. Yeah. And I liked that it was like, you could kind of imagine these characters playing music together and like, uh, so like their five years ago life, you could sort of picture oh, that it might've t- looked it's heartbreaking. Like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was another level on it, right? Oh, for sure. But uh, but yeah, the only the only song that wasn't diegetic was the uh, the Peggy Lee one at the very end when it was. Just and it was so in. effective. Yeah, and it was uh, apparently yeah. it's a song called Johnny Guitar, and um, yeah, mm. apparently it's like relatively famous because I 
I punched it in just Johnny Guitar and Google to find well, um, well, what this came, film. What came first? What came first, though? The, the song or the book or the movie? I mean, probably Peggy Lee was commissioned to write a song called Johnny Guitar at that point, if there was a book and a... Yeah, um, I think it's like the soundtrack film, basically. Yeah, and then the rest of the soundtrack was instrumental. Song. The parts that weren't, uh, uh, y- you know, there were instrumental parts as well. Um, that was by Victor Young, I think it said. Victor Young. Uh, I don't think he was Asian, but. <laughs> that was the, did that did sound you Asian? Go, Victor Young. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> that's not what I was trying to do. Uh, that's no, but how he, it came out. He that's did. Uh, out. I thought the soundtrack was great. Um, but it was like you say, diagenetic. That's the word, right? Diagetic? Diagetic. Yeah, I think it. It was a it. diagenetic. Diagenetics. Yeah, that's starting to sound that, like that. Uh, would actually be a great lie. I'm, yeah, I'm in sciences. Diagenetics, you know, for like a fake, <laughs> fake job. Well, Dianetics, that's what's his face, right? That's L. Ron Hubbard and the whole. Uh, that's right. That's probably why that's very close. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the. the <laughs> we inf- should hashtag them. So just so we maybe we'll get a listenership out of. The, hashtag uh, who now? Uh, what hashtag are those called? Scientologist? Diegetics, hashtag. Oh, boy. Um, but uh, his soundtrack, the instrumental soundtrack was good as well. Yeah, no, the, the uh, yeah, all of the soundtrack was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I would you recommend it to people, do you think? like Absolutely. Yeah? To film, you know, to people that are as nerdy as I am about yeah. this shit, I would. You know, I, to me, it was, it was, very entertaining and very well paced and it was kind of like again i felt like uh well it was a good western it was really enter- it, was it was a really entertaining really movie. good western and like you said yeah. like there was a like um i think they were trying to like what were they trying to like blow like dynamite some part of the mm-hmm. yeah. just the road to get to um yeah like, they 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 were mining uh, for yeah. gold or whatever oh no there's um, dynamite going off yeah anyway but yeah, they're doing something like that. But like the very first shot or something. Like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just no like explosion. That I really see. liked, and yeah. that was me. Ma- that actually made a very big impression on me. It's like the pacing was quick, right? Oh yeah. No, I really, really liked that. Like it, like what you just brought up. It's like the, the yeah the the opening shot is that uh, you know Sterling Hayden comes in on his horse, and it's like literally like two seconds, like one one thousand. Two one thousand explosions Boom. start happening. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'm in." <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, paced a lot faster than it's a Joel lot of the Schumacher's movies first movie. He was seven years old. <laughs> He's like, "You <laughs> idiots just need to blow things up." It's nipples You're well on, on your way, vest. son. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. No, uh, did you ever see that? He's like apolo- on the DVD commentary. He apologizes for, for the like, Batman suit. Yeah, oh, He's boy. Like, I'm sorry. No, yeah. for the entire film. He's like. I want to take full responsibility. He's only this. apologizing to the fans because he's probably made so much money for Hollywood that they're oh, like, yeah. you could put nipples on whatever you want. <laughs> you could you could give us our money back. No, I'm not that sorry. <laughs> I'm not that sorry. <laughs> but, um... Well, I really like that movie a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I will say, though, uh, as much as we had both admitted or uh, talked briefly about how it was um, a touch lighter than the first two movies that we watched on this fucking podcast 
some of it wasn't lighter for me at this point. Just some of the content was still just like, oh, God. Like, every all three movies we've done so far, just by chance, because we are deciding mm-hmm. on these movies off the cuff when we get together just by nature of our conversation goes, not knowing anything about them. And one theme that's happening so far is just these heart-wrenching relationship things. Yeah. It's one crazy. Of the, uh, well, actually, oh, I, I said this. I guess people like fucking. <laughs> um yeah throughout all of history throughout all of history um but or at least while we had a camera dear um (laughs) but uh what what was i gonna say well before what were you gonna say you okay there i don't know you threw me off but um you're having a stroke i was gonna well i was gonna say a lot of the actors um probably will occur in a lot of the films like not like a lot of the, I don't want to say B, B actors. No, not that's not the right the word. Mm-hmm. But the people who weren't the main, the supporting cast. The supporting cast. That's what the about word. them? Um, I think they're gonna probably pop up in a lot of movies from this era. Um, like Ben, yeah. this guy Ben Cooper that played Turkey, who we were all like, this is the he looks like a this cartoon is the most character. ginger guy of yeah. all time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And his eyes were just like pew, popping yeah. blues. Yeah. But, As a baby, um, he would have looked like the 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 cartoon ideal of a baby yeah. like he had a huge head and these so what about him though um i feel like i've definitely seen him in stuff before um, uh, okay yeah ernest borgnine which is like i feel like a name that's always been in my head that's the guy who played bert well uh, bert i'm sure Lonergan. they're all great character actors but and, uh, you know what what's your are you are you oh you're just saying these people were probably working a lot in the 50s or 40s or whatever but yeah i just wanted yeah. to clearly to they, they were good like, actors um, yeah like these are some of them are like really big names like uh, john carradine who played uh what was his character tom act, something actor, oh yeah tom actors are cattle but no. give me joan crawford the rest of them throw them in the ditch no, but yeah no kidding. um john carradine people might know him <laughs> from like his uh, his sons, David Carradine, Keith Carradine, Robert Carradine. I didn't actually know that there was a huge Carradine acting family. I didn't know that. No? No. Nope. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Even the most young people will just know that guy that sexually asphyxiated himself. Well, of course, because he was in Kill Bill and all that stuff. Yeah, Kill Bill. Oh, yeah, and I always also mentioned, like, man, the, Kung like, the Fu, cat the legend fight. continues. <laughs> that, that's what, yeah, that's what he's from. Uh, what's his what cat fight are you talking about? David Carradine. Did I say cat fight? I thought you just said cat fight. Oh, I, that, I, th- I was like, did I think that word or did I just say it? What? what but I was, ca- I was thinking it, so we'll be honest. But yeah, the cat fight in this movie, I was like, oh man, fuck Kill Bill. Like the, the tension is like so much oh, more real God, yeah. between these two, uh, yeah. two actresses. I like Kill Bill a lot, but. Uh, I yeah, know not, what you mean. not actually about Kill Bill, but like, okay, good. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just got nothing on, on the tension between these two actresses. Oh um, yeah. No, no, it was amazing. Uh, yeah, it was established early and, uh, they were, it was great performances and bizarre that this woman, Mercedes McCambridge, as you just pulled it up, she's born in 1916 in Illinois and she ends up doing the voice of the demon and the exorcist yeah and then 1973 she passes away and she's also like the um, mid-2000s it looks like lived yeah. a full life yeah she uh and then went on to the afterlife to become the exorcist okay but, uh, well, yeah no she, i don't uh, know about that <laughs> she won an oscar for all the king's men which is another i've heard that title a lot but i've never seen that film yeah well uh maybe it's one for the uh 
I don't know how popular for the Kings Man is. But um, it's from a Pulitzer Prize winning novel, see? Could you click on it? I want to know who directed it's all the Kings Man. It's just slow internet. It's been clicked. Um, uh, I don't know about that. Maybe it's all right. But yeah, um, it it's becomes a vital, very great motion picture. Well, <laughs> That's what it says. Uh, oh, it but, says that uh, on the poster. Yeah. Vital. They don't use that word a lot. No. That would be a good one to bring back, though, for critics now. Just like instead of uh, the cliches that you see You've in the... You've only seen one movie all year. Well, in the review like excerpts... It's vital you see this. Yeah, in the review excerpts on the poster. Because you see often now a triumph is one that you yeah. see a lot. But <laughs> a I just triumph. like vital. I just like vital. Vital. Like, see it. Are you a out of your mind? A failure. A failure <laughs> is quoted. No, but you know, that would be good. Just in quotations, vital. Meaning like, vital. how come you haven't seen it, you idiot? Yeah. You're supposed to see this. It's, it's like, what fucking is, what vital, could this you be, fool. possibly be about? You Philistine, this is vital. <laughs> it's like, this is basically a PSA. It's vital. <laughs> um... Yeah, that woman, Mercedes uh, McCambridge. It's fun to say mm. her name, I think. Well, whoa, her full name is Carlotta, Carlotta yeah. Mercedes Agnes McCambridge. Well, she went by perfect. Mercedes M- McCambridge. So. Yeah, uh, perfect name for back then. But yeah, she uh, Orson Welles called her the world's greatest living radio actress. Oh, wow. So she, well, she did get going early. <laughs> she had some pipes, yeah. <laughs> when, but, you're, when you're doing radio with Orson Welles, you know you were there in the early days. You might know her from... Radio programs such as In a Sanctum. <laughs> did you Bulldog know? Drummond. Did you know? Do you know before? Gangbusters. I, th- I think Sorry. we've almost bored people enough. But I was going to say, did I you? I could do that all night. <laughs> did you know that? Did you know? Was it? Did I? Did we talked about why people were speaking like that in the forties? It was it you that told me? I think it might have been you that told me that people were speaking like that because of the way that mics picked up and people had to project their mm-hmm. voices in thirties, forties, etc., which led to the that sort of classic voice of just like hello sir autolite spark plugs are the best spark plugs or whatever and yep. it was because they had to project their voice into the more you know the earlier microphones is yeah. that not true and the higher register voices uh picked up more like the jesus the uh trebles. bizarre so like you could be a treble singing voice but your speaking voice would still relatively be that right. as well but um yeah not a conversation for now but i bet you that led to the general public speaking like people on radio projecting their voice or at least weird thing to think people speak like that (laughs) yeah that's right our idea through media of what we think people spoke like yeah no it probably led to shatner and john wayne and all those guys talking like really broken and stuff like that yeah i bet you there were technological limits to that that affected uh oh i well what do you think that about wraps it up Play the guitar, play it again, my Johnny. Maybe you're cold, but you're so warm inside.